For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Sean Witt entitled, God's Currency. Mr. Witt. Thank you, Reggie. Good afternoon, everyone, on this beautiful, hot Sabbath day. (laughs) Over the years, there have been several movies that have come out where Characters would travel back in time to try to fix mistakes or try to fix time that was lost. You know, but we don't have the luxury of getting into the Wayback Machine with Mr. Peabody or getting into the DeLorean with um, Doc Brown. We need to be redeeming the time now on a daily basis. Once time is gone, it's gone forever. Every day is a gift from God. We're not guaranteed a certain amount of days of the time that we possess. But we do all have 27, excuse me, we don't have 27. We all have 24 hours in a day, and we have seven days a week. What we choose to do with this time is entirely up to us. Redeeming the time is something I've struggled with for years. Trying to get those extra few minutes of sleep, racing into work just before the buzzer goes off. And something that happened just this past week, Um, As I was driving along, you know, they got the train tracks coming up, not paying attention if a train's possibly coming, even though the buzzer's not going off and the bells are dinging and the guards aren't down. I went ahead and went through the tracks and I hear this loud blast of a horn and I look and there's a big huge piece of equipment. It wasn't a train, but it's definitely something that would take me out because uh, it must have been a malfunction. The gates didn't come down, but still, you need to be aware of what's going on. And I was only about 10 seconds away from uh, possibly being my last day in this physical form because of that happening. So we just got to be careful of what's around us as well to plan better. So it's always good to kind of look and not just take for granted, you know, that those gates are going to come down and it'll be okay. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. Time and chance can happen to any of us. How we spend each day of our lives matters, because it could be our last, like I was saying. Let's turn now to Psalms 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That is why time management is so possible. Excuse me, is that a whole verse? Yeah, it is. So teach me to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, verse 12. It's why time management is so important. And I'm getting better about it, but redeeming the time is more than just making it to work on time on a physical level. God wants us to be redeeming time on a spiritual level as well. Turn with me to Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, please. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul tells us to redeem the time because the world is evil. Evil in the Greek means harmful and hurtful, calamitous, diseased, derelict, and vicious. These words describe our modern-day era. And how much worse things will become as time goes on. Without taking proper time to stay on the path, creating holy, righteous character, evil can consume us. It's around us everywhere. 
God wants us to be doers, redeeming the time. It's been said that water is our only non-renewable resource. But as I ponder, I wonder, is it really? I would have to say, you know, that water, we lose it for a period of time. We go through droughts and such, but eventually we get rain and snow. So, in effect, it is renewable to a point. But we never get extra time. We all have an equal 24 hours to spend as we see fit. Just as a parable of the talents, the master will return, and we'll have to give an accounting. And we have to tell him how we chose to use our currency. Did we spend it uh, wisely, or did we squander it? We have to give an accountability of our time. I have three points I'd like to go over this afternoon of how to properly use God's currency. Point number one, seek God's kingdom first. Please turn with me now to Matthew 6, uh, verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All we have to do is seek God's kingdom first. He promises he'll take care of us and all of our physical needs. If we are seeking him, he will truly take care of us and thus giving us more time to spend with him. If we allow our worries to be gone and we know that God's going to take care of us, we can be spending more time with him and not be worrying about all the superficial things. Instead of allowing carnal human nature to occupy our time, worrying about how we're going to make it through each day or spending our time frivolously with our heads in the sand, avoiding having a close relationship with him, if we are truly the bride of Christ, we need to be preparing to be you know, in the wedding ceremony. A bride-to-be is very much involved in preparing for her wedding. So how much more important is it that we prepare? How do we seek the kingdom and his righteousness? One way is, and it's point number two, change our habits. Replace them with good ones. There are all kinds of things we can do to, to take our time away from God that are bad habits. Let's go to John, 1 John, actually, 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Is our time being wisely spent? Do we get proper sleep? Do we rise early, go to bed early? Do we tend to procrastinate? These are all you know, things I struggle with. I think we all do to a point. Do we constantly need to be entertained by endless hours of media, such as Facebook, video games, movies? Any of these things can become an idol before God. Examine how much time you spend on these things, evaluate, and see if there needs to be a change. These activities aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves, but if the time is not spent wisely, it can be a problem. Our top priority should be having prayer and Bible study every single day, which can be very difficult in our day and age if we allow the pulls of the world to capture our time and our attention. But the key is being intentional with how we spend our time. 
if we do not set goals in our schedule and our, if we don't schedule our time in advance, we'll likely spend the day putting out fires and having troubles throughout our day because we didn't plan our day correctly. We didn't stop and make it a priority. In preparing for this message, I found an article and it provides some practical suggestions for strategies of managing God's currency of time. I couldn't find the author's name, um, so I can't give him any credit, but uh, anyway, uh, there are some following suggestions and scripture references. Um, the main ideas and expert excerpts were taken from lesson number 1307 from January 19th 1997, to make sure that I'm giving him somewhat of the credit. Uh, the web address is uh, thebiblewayonline.com. Some of this will be paraphrased. Some of it may be word for word. Uh, but like I was saying, I wasn't sure who the author was. Um, so unfortunately, I just don't know. But I got seven laws of managing time and living for maximum life. So I got seven points within this point. Uh, the first one is take control of your time. The main point of time management is that time must be budgeted. Most of us are guilty at some point of thinking, I'll get to that when I have time, but the problem is that you never just have magically enough time. You have to make the time. You have to take control of your time. In Psalm 90, which we referenced before, David said, teach us to number our days a right that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, if you're going to have a heart of wisdom, you must know where your time goes. Not only that, but you must decide in advance what you will spend your time on, what you'll spend your time, excuse me, what you'll spend your time on or you will spend it on what is urgent, not necessarily what is important. So it's important to make sure you're spending on time which, what is important. Satan's been called the great deceiver. My wife also likes to call him the great distractor. If he can get us to squander our time on insignificant things, he can make us have an ineffective life. We tend to give priority to scheduled events, non-scheduled events. So if we don't schedule our time, if we are much more likely to squander it. How many times have you gotten at the end of your day and said, where is the time gone? When you choose to schedule your time, your life will reflect what is important in your life. You won't focus on the things that aren't. If you don't, you're allowing other people and circumstances to dictate what is important. It is your responsibility to schedule time for things that you value and that you want to accomplish. Stewardship is critical to living a Christian life. You are a steward of your money, abilities, activities, functions, and time. Don't let people take it from you unconsciously. It is a decision and it's yours to make. Okay, subpoint B is start with God. When you begin to take control of your time, you may sure you're spending time with God. In the Good News Version of the Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 27, states, reference to God, excuse me, reverence to God adds hours to each day. Although there may be only a few hours in the day, it does not change somehow if we start our day by spending time with God. Excuse me, although the number of our hours in our day does not change, somehow if we start today by spending time with God, we are more effective in what we're doing. The hours will stretch. Not only is the Holy Spirit energized by being in the presence of the Lord, but God can help us to focus on our attention on the important things of that day. So it's good that we make the time with God in the beginning because he can make the day stretch so we have more time. 
Next point, plan your day around your goals. Many people make to-do lists. That is great, but the only part of the equation must also set goals so that we make sure our to-do lists line up with where we want to be. Setting goals also allows us to choose what things on our to-do list are a priority. Without goals and priorities, we're not purpose-driven, but activity-driven. Your to-do list should reflect your goals you have written down. Your to-do list should reflect what really is important and the things that you want to see done in your life. There are many books on goal setting and many of them on making money, but they fail to mention that one day you will stand before God in the judgment. God will call that billionaire a success if he didn't construct his life around, excuse me, God will call that billionaire, will God call that billionaire a success if he didn't construct his life around the goals of doing what is pleasing to God. Paul says, do not, excuse me, Paul says, do you not know that in the race of runners run, but only one gets a prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. And that's 1 Corinthians 9.24, it's referencing. When you have a race, you've got to go in the right direction, towards the finish line. Verse 26, therefore, do not run like a man running aimlessly. Imagine a runner in a 100-yard dash, and he's running the wrong direction. It's ridiculous, but that's what so many of us do with our lives. We jump up, and we maybe don't set the right goal, and we're just taken off. We don't really plan it through. The next point, focus on the important over the urgent. Most people organize their lives around two things, the urgent and the unfinished. We wake up in the morning, and we think, what's urgent today? What fire do I need to put out? Remember, which cries the loudest is seldom the most important. And you need to make sure you're prioritizing what is really important. The next point is sp spend time on your strengths. One of the sad realities is about unseized times, we tend to follow and do the things that we're weakest at. We need to be you know, practicing the weaker things as well to get better at them but with proper planning, we'll spend less time on doing those things than what we do very well. We need to focus on doing what we do well, but also try to focus on the other things. Don't misunderstand. We need to budget time to improve our weaknesses and develop skills, but that we should not be most of our time. Turn with me, please, to Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to find my shape and spend as much of my time doing that which I know God wants me to do because he has given me a specific gift to tackle those tasks. Uh, Subpoint F, budget time in advance. Solomon said the plan of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And that's in Proverbs 21.5. There's a financial implication of Proverbs, but look at it. It's, he says, if you plan ahead, it will profit your whole life. If you do everything in haste, you're going to have problems. I have learned the hard way that the principal elements of time need to be on the calendar several weeks in advance of the date. Do you know the type of things that need to be budgeted in advance? Spiritual uh, disciplines is one. Next one is time with spouse, time with children and their activities friendships, rest and relaxation. It's good to make sure you fit these things in because you need to have some downtime and you need to also be um, having relationships developed. 
This may be the most critical of the seven laws because budgeting time in advance allows us to take control of our time, it allows us to allocate time with God, it allows us to focus on our goals, and it allows us to deal with the important over the urgent. If we do it ahead of time, the plans of the diligent lead to profit, but haste will cause poverty. Busier is not better, is the next point. There's an example found in Exodus 18, verse 17 through 18. When Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, came to see Moses, the leader of the children of Israel, Moses was judging two of the three million Israelites from sunup to sundown. Can you imagine how exhausted Moses must have been by the end of the day? To put it in modern language, Jethro said, you're killing yourself. You're wasting their time, too. Jethro then suggested to Moses how to share the responsibility with everyone's benefit. You are too busy doing the things to be effective. You're spending your time as God would have, are you spending the time as God would have you spend it? Are you like a hamster on his will? Here's a funny parody that this gentleman has within this uh, article. Um, it's on the 23rd Psalm, and this may help us to be effective, excuse me, I'll just read it like this. There's a parody on the 23rd Psalm which may help you remember to be effective, not just busy. And it goes like this. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when I'm exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done. For my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my needs. For approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me, beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. In my basket overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. What's sad is more people, I think, live by this than the real Psalm 23. They may not admit it, but we, we really do. Are you tired of just getting by with being activity driven. The great news is that Jesus Christ offers an alternative. Remember when he said in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, come to me all who labor who are heavy laden. By the way, just means stressed out. Come to me all you who are weary and stressed out and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a promise from our Lord. He says that he will come to me. Get your will in sync with my will. Your life is set by my purpose. And I will quit being real hard. In fact, I will make sure that it's the most productive and effortless life that you'd ever live. That's not to say there won't be trials. We are promised those too. But we will have to peace, productivity, and lightness of burden that only comes from Christ. Only God knows the number of our days. He's a lot of for each of us, and I believe that we are given just enough time to accomplish God's will in our lives. If we try to do more, that is, live outside God's will for us, then there won't be enough time. Stop living by a to-do list and start living by a goals-based list upon your life's mission to do God's will. Schedule those activities that lead to your goals. We are to follow Christ's example and become more like Him. He didn't let other people or circumstances dictate what he did. He knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. He got up early in the morning. He went to a far place to pray. He started with God, and he planned everything around his life's mission and the goals to getting there. 
It's a spiritual activity, not just a management activity. As God's steward, he compels us to do it. But going back to Matthew 11, verses 8 through 30, and this is the NLT version, it puts it like this. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle, and I will find rest in your souls. For your yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. It will only happen if you're abiding in Jesus. He is the power of your life management. No one else, um, excuse me, no one else, for we find in. And that's the end of the article part. Um, please turn with me now to Philippians 4, verses 13. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He can help us through anything. He can help us to be good stewards with our time. What an amazing promise. We can conquer anything through Christ. Even if we've strayed off the narrow path, we need to take it before God and repent. It doesn't matter how far we've gone off. If we ask for his help through Jesus Christ, he can put us, uh, everything behind us. Or perhaps we just have everyday struggles that are common to man. Just because they may be common to man doesn't make it any easier to deal with. But this scripture applies here too. We can do anything, even endure and find joy in daily stresses and trials. Though Christ, which strengthens us, excuse me, through Christ who strengthens us, we need to ask God to help us to manage our time better so that we can serve him better. The opposite of the scripture is also found in God's word in John 15, verses 4 through 5. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without you, excuse me, without me, you can do nothing. So what is the main point of the takeaway of these two scriptures? The fact is that we are to, can't accomplish anything in this life. We, mu we can't accomplish it without God. We must have time with him. We must include Jesus and God the Father in everything we do. God's will is that we each and every one of us qualify to be in his kingdom. He will help us if we allow him to. And then point number three. Of the, we first had the point of um, seek his kingdom first, change your habits. And now it's going to be point three, which is attend Trevor's Bible study. Actually, the point really is Spend time with the brethren as much as possible. And that's one way of spending time is come to the Bible study tomorrow, all you men. We need to strengthen our bond, share stories of encouragement, take time to listen to each other. Our future goal is to work with each other for eternity. We're going to be working for eternity in the kingdom, so it's, it's probably a good idea that we get to know each other now and spend some time with each other. So as much as possible, we need to try to do... Um, activities. So make sure you can come tomorrow if you're still on the fence. I think it'd be something to be beneficial. Take time to participate in church organized activities, whether at the feast or here locally. Come and fellowship early before church and stay after.
or you know, if you can't do one or the other, come early or stay late. But I think it's good that we fellowship with each other. Please turn with me to Hebrews 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised us is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. For forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the matter of some, but exhorting, encouraging, exhorting means encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need this time together to help each other and work together because we do get beaten down during the week and as much time as we can spend together, the better it is. It's a very good use of our time to spend time with our fellow brethren. Before I close, I'd like to have um, the gentleman that I handed the handouts to earlier to go ahead and hand a handout. We are gonna have uh, a video presented Presented, it's a, it's a song by Chris Rice. It'll last about four minutes. Um, and it, the lyrics of it um, are very good. It's about time management as well. And I just want to go over the three points that we went out with in the beginning. Number one, as time management goes, seek the kingdom first. Make sure that God's your priority. Change your habits and... Replace them with good ones. And point number three, make sure you're spending as much time with your fellow brethren as possible. And make sure you're spending God's currency wisely. Nobody's poor 
We get 24 hours each So how are you gonna spend? Will you invest or squander? Try to get ahead or help someone who's under